0: What is going on, everybody? We have Kyle Richards, who is officially saying her friendship with Dorit is done after Dorit leaked those text messages at the Beverly Hills reunion. We have the Wendy Williams documentary that just came out and has got everybody talking. I watched part one. I also have caught up on Love is Blind and The Traitors, so we will be recapping all of them today. And Mauricio seems to be like a new little TikTok star. I don't know what's going on, but let's get it. You're listening to No Filter with Zach Peter, your go-to source for all the latest pop culture and reality TVT, surf fresh all week long. Now, let's dive in. What's going on, everybody? Welcome on in, welcome on in, welcome on in. My goodness. I, I Right before we get started, right before we get the show started, I look on Twitter and Nancy on Twitter. Is still. You would have thought Karens were, you know, you would have thought the Karens were cuckoo. And then you get a Nancy in your Twitter mentions and Nancy's been going for days and I've given up on Nancy. I'm like, girl, bye. And then other people on the, on Twitter, I'm like, you guys carry on the fight. I'm over this. Um, I hope you guys had a, an eventful weekend. I kind of just took the weekend in to chill, relax, do some me time. Um, and listen, we're rechar- We The, the batteries have been recharged. The energy, the Energizer batteries have been Fully restocked. I'm ready for this week. I'm gonna be going on Kempire's YouTube later this week as well. I know you guys love when I collab with Kempire, so there will be more collabs with us. Tune in for that. I think we're doing that on Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. Ooh, I'll double check. Um, and thank you guys for all the love since doing Jeff Lewis Live. I mean, who would have thought that banging a little person would cause so much, <laughs> so much love on the internet? Uh people warn me, they're like, no, careful if you go on Jeff Lewis, they're gonna drag you in the comments. And to my surprise, I have not been dragged. Jeff has invited me back. Um, I'm a little nervous to go back though now. Cause I'm like, I got so much like of a warm embrace the first time that I feel like now I feel like I I set the bar. The bar has been set a little too high that I'm a little, I'm a little worried, but um, hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Hopefully you guys got, you know, a little Litty city had some good me time. Maybe got a little laid, not even a little laid, a lot of laid, fully laid, all the lays chips all up in you. Um, kyle richards so we have the beverly hills reunion that is kicking off this upcoming wednesday it's interesting because we have the beverly hills reunion that's kicking off and then we also have the miami reunion which they're airing twice this week on wednesday and on thursday and they're cutting the miami reunion short (laughs) because they're bumping it for erica's bet it all on blonde special which is coming out i believe the first week of march so in tedesante um Miami's been good this season. I haven't like been fully invested, but it hasn't been a bad season. I don't get why people are not like fully invested in Miami though. Um but it's good. I'm I'm here for Kiki. I know people are saying Kiki needs to get her mojito. I think I agree. Put the lime in the coconut and give Kiki her mojito. All right? I know that's right. Um okay, should we start off with Kyle and Dorit. This kind of makes me sad. This is like some sad news. So, after Dereet, which we saw in that exclusive teaser for part one of the Beverly Hills reunion, Dereet leaked the text message um, from Kyle where she says she felt like Kyle was manipulating her. We read the text message on air on Friday's episode, so if you want a full dive into the text message, but basically, the text said that, you know, Kyle's like, I've been going through a really rough time. Um, Things that you've said in the press have really hurt me. I would love for us to talk about this, but let's talk about this after the reunion. Let's not talk about it at the reunion, because there's enough that I have to address at the reunion, but our friendship means something to you, and our drama happened off of the show, so there's no need for us to discuss it on the show, and just all of that sort of stuff, right? And then Dorit's like, this feels manipulative, and she's Showing Erica and Erica's reading the text messages and Erica's like, "Listen, I would also feel a little manipulated if I got this text, and I get it, right? I see, I see both sides of it, but now that we see, and people have been very up in arms about Dorit releasing this text message because they feel like it's a violation to their friendship. Um, Honestly." I don't see how Kyle Richards comes back to the show after this. Like, she doesn't seem to have any friends left outside of Erica. And I mean, is Erica enough of a friendship to, like, I feel like Garcelle and Sutton are not her friends. Like, let's, let's, and Dorique seems to have, you know, proven that she's not her friend either. So when you have someone like Garcelle and Sutton who's, like, poked into her marriage and she said it at BravoCon, she's like, listen, it's not the fact that my friends have had questions, it's the lack of empathy, which is also, you know, what, or the lack of compassion that you have when you ask these questions. And I feel like Erica felt the same way with the women asking about the legal stuff and the Tom Girardi stuff of it all. She's like, I just told you guys give me some grace and some time. You know, Erica. I think, didn't feel like the women were very compassionate in the way that they questioned her. And listen, I feel like this is pretty, you know, on par for Beverly Hills. I mean, I feel like the ladies could have been a little more, well, I don't know. I don't think Teddy was not compassionate in the way she brought up the Brandy and Denise affair. Because if you look back at when we were in Rome, right? And Teddy's like, listen, this information came up on camera, so I'm telling you this information now brandy glanville says that she had an affair with you and denise is like bravo 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 stop you cannot air this blah blah and the women are like we don't do like we can't not like you you can't just tell the cameras stop because you don't want to talk about something we all have to talk about something and when it gets brought up on camera we have to address it i don't i feel like lisa was definitely hard on Denise. She's like, Denise, if you don't want to be here, then leave. You know, so I feel like Rinna maybe was a little hard on Denise. And Rinna eventually said that she apologized to Denise for that. I feel like I'm a little bit like like Rina in that sense, where I'm just like, I'll go hard, you know. Listen, if you've watched me on Twitter, <laughs> listen, my motto is always when they go low, I go lower. Period. End of story. Don't show up if you're not ready to to go, because I will go toes and I won't. I won't walk into an argument. I know I can't win. Um, so I, and then I'm like afterwards, I'm like, oh, I maybe went a little too hard. So I understand the Rinna side of it. I think I have a bit of that feistiness in my own personality. Um, but I understand why Kyle would be like Garcelle and Sutton were not compassionate the way they asked about my marriage. They basically accused Mauricio of cheating on me by saying that this was a makeup band, right? That's what they said, like, because they're like, oh, well, he must have cheated on her and that's why he bought her new jewelry. And, you know, it just kind of felt like, They were prying into her marriage without kind of having any like concern, without being like, Is everything in your marriage okay? I've just sensed a couple of things and I just wanna make sure you're okay. And as a friend, I feel like that's the way you approach a topic like that are you okay? I've noticed a couple of things, and I just wanted to check on you. I feel like Dorit was compassionate the way that she would ask Kyle about her marriage, right? Remember when they were in the car, and she's like, is everything okay with you and Mo? And Kyle's like, yeah, everything's fine. And Dorit's like, I just feel like this distance from you guys, and I haven't really seen you together much lately. And so I just, you know, she's like, I just feel, you know, a sense of, of distance, and I just feel you're different lately, you know? And so I think that compassion, Kyle respected a bit more than Garcelle and Sutton's approach, which felt a little aggressive. And then it's obviously like Crystal doesn't like Kyle. And I don't think Kyle really likes Crystal that much either. Anne-Marie's her only other friend that's on the current cast. And I don't think Anne-Marie's coming back. She seems like a nice lady, but I just don't think they would bring, I mean, they might. Plot twist, they might bring her back. Um, I mean, who have they brought back that's like, well, I don't think any housewife has gotten this. Well, actually, Dorit, her first, like, two seasons, people hated Dorit. I always loved Dorit. But people hated Dorit her first couple of seasons, and she stuck it out, and she pushed through it, and she did the damn thing. So they may keep Anne-Marie. I don't like when they give a housewife a one season and they don't let them, like, find, like, their footing, you know? But who knows if Anne-Marie will be back. Uh, Dorit cemented the end of their friendship by revealing that text message. Then we have Bethany Frankel who just was on her podcast and she was ranting about how she's the richest that she's ever been, richer than she ever was on Housewives. She's like, I'm rich, honey, I'm rich. And we're like, we get it. You're rich, but you're also a bitch. Um and so it's just I was looking at Bethany's Instagram today and she was posting. She's like, a like her the ego on this, on this one, I just I used to love Bethany and I'm just like, Carl she's really gotten off, gone off the deep end. Um, I was looking at her Instagram and she was posting photos and she's like, imagine the point of view you're staying at the same hotel as Bethany Frankel. And I'm like, why are we referring to ourselves in the third person and it's her and she just looks like a disheveled hot mess and all these she's like in the elevator looking like a hot mess in her hotel room looking like a hot mess her with her coffee looking like a hot mess and she's like point of view this is what it's like to share a hotel with Bethany Frankel I'm Bethany Frankel the most successful most popular housewife in the entire world I'm richer than ever honey I'm rich I am rich I have the number one podcast in the entire galaxy. Do you know who I am? I'm Bethany Frankel. I invented the Real Housewife. I made Andy Cohen. Andy Cohen was no one when he met me, and I made Andy Cohen. It's Bethany Frankel for you, right? So she was ranting about it, and she was weighing in, and she's just like, I think leaking these text messages is a violation. I agree. I agree. And listen, I've had messy moments where I've leaked text messages that I don't I think it's like when you're sending private messages to a friend, I think that those messages are under the assumption that they're private. Right. And so I don't like the leaking of text messages. I know I've been guilty of it in the past, but I do agree with Bethany that it is a bit of a violation um, because it's like when you're talking to your friend, when Kyle and Dorit are discussing whatever they're discussing, like you're again under the assumption that these are private correspondence. It's not like somebody's recording your phone call and then putting that on the show, you know, and I think it's the same thing with like a text message. I think we feel a little more free with releasing text messages because we're like, there are receipts in here. We're going to blow them up on big poster boards and use them for the show and all of this stuff. So I think we've just conditioned ourselves to think that that's normal behavior. But these were private conversations. Um I get it. And Kyle or sorry, not Kyle, Bethany was like, it's one thing for Dorit to bring it up and read the messages on the show and for it to get edited into the show. But it's another thing for production to take those screenshots and then show the full screenshot text message on the show. I don't love that either. And I guess I didn't really think about that until Bethany Frangle, the number one podcaster in the entire galaxy, until she really brought it to light. And then I was like, you know what? Bethany actually has a point. I think this is a violation. I don't like the leaking of text messages. But we've seen that happen a number of times where people will post text messages and we don't have the full context or we don't have all the information. And listen, as time goes on, your perspective can shift. And even though we love a good receipt... Sometimes it's maybe not the best approach to go, especially when the text message was personal. Um, Bethany also went on to say that, you know, Kyle's a favorite and imagine how production treats their least favorites if they're willing to do this to Kyle. And I'm just like, oh, my God, Bethany, let the reckoning go. The reckoning didn't reckon anything. If anything, it just reckoned your own brand image. And But she's fine. She's rich. She's so rich. She makes more money, four times more money now than she ever did on Housewives with her new podcast. When, uh, hello, ding-dong, you didn't have a platform before Housewives. You wouldn't have a podcast called Rewives if you didn't first appear on the real Housewives. So... Let's, you know, call a cuckoo board a cuckoo board and a ding-dong a ding-dong, and let's admit that like you have this platform because of housewives. It's very different. You know, I'm in the chart I'm in the charts on Apple because I worked very hard for the last nine years to build this podcast into what it is. I wasn't a reality star that earned some money by, you know, hacking a margarita on a built-in audience that I didn't earn earn necessarily but got lucky to be cast on this show and listen she utilized that platform and she made a lot of money and she built a name for herself and good for her but like come on don't knock housewives and say that you know you're way better than them and you make way more money when you wouldn't have any of these opportunities to make all this money if you didn't first have housewives your podcast wouldn't be what it is and people wouldn't know bethany frankel without Housewives, and she always seems to leave that out and forget about that. But what, getting back to Kyle and Dorit, I see both sides, right? I see how Kyle's text message did feel a little bit manipulative, right? She's telling Dorit, "I'm going through such a hard time, and that they should work out their issues off camera and after the reunion because she has enough to deal with at the reunion." But I also get how Dorit's like, "No, but that's unfair. We're on a show together. This is the reunion." This is where we hash out our relationships. And also Kyle herself went on her Amazon Live and said that her friendship with Dorit wasn't really that deep and basically made it seem like Kyle and Dorit's friendship was only for the show. So if your friendship is only a show friendship, then yeah, then I get where Dorit's like, fine, if that's how you feel about our friendship, then our friendship is gonna be dealt with and our issues are gonna be hashed out on the show because that's the bar that Kyle set their friendship at on her Amazon Live when she said that. And she's like, my real friends, they like to work out. Dorit doesn't like to work out. My real friends, they don't drink. Dorit likes to go out and drink at lunch. My real friends, you know, their kids aren't as young as Dorit's kids. So when Kyle set that bar, then it kind of is like, okay, well, then our show, you know, we're, as Yolanda used to say, we're Hollywood friends. We're friends for the show, but we're not real friends in real life. So I get it. You know, this is the reunion. This is your time to address your friendship if that's the depth of your friendship. So... But, you know, I also think if her friendship with Dorit really meant something, then she wouldn't have discarded it so publicly on her Amazon Live. So I don't think, I think she just was like, I have enough on my plate. I don't want to deal with another issue, um, especially an issue that wasn't filmed for this season. So there's not really a reason to bring it up on the show. But that's kind of, that's not the reunion. The reunion addresses everything, whether you get into um uh, you know, some sort of social media battle or something new, you end up fingering Morgan Wade, whatever it is, if it happens after the show wraps, it's still going to get addressed at the reunion because you have to address it at some point. So when it comes to Kyle and and Doritos, um, I see both sides of it. Um, Ultimately, I feel for Kyle because she's grieving the loss of her friend, which takes time. You know, grief does not happen overnight. It's not something that's resolved in a matter of months or even in a matter of years. Sometimes it takes a very, very long time to get through the grieving process. I lost my grandmother back in 2021, um, who I've been very clear was, you know, she helped raise me. I lived with her until I was 25. We were very, very close. And, you know, I still have waves of grief that come with that. And we're years, what, three years later? you still deal with it. You know, um, I remember even one of my friends in year one, when I'd lost my grandmother, she was talking about how her husband had lost his grandmother and he had a very similar relationship with his grandmother. And he's like, it took, she told me, she's like, it took him four years before he was finally able to like really make peace with it. And that's true. And then, you know, not only, I mean, I lost my grandmother very unexpectedly, very suddenly. And like, she was still very young and vibrant. She was only 69. Um, but, I couldn't imagine like losing a friend where it wasn't Kyle, like the one who would be in charge of her finances. If anything happened or no, Kyle put Lorene in charge of, you know, if shit ever went down, she's like, Lorene, you can manage my life. Um, or vice versa, or maybe they did it for both. But like that was the love, and they were friends since they were young and like it happened unexpectedly. And the way she took her own life, like that is it comes with a lot of unanswered questions. And so that grief is gonna continue to carry on. And a lot of people are like, well, Kyle didn't give Lisa Vanderpum any any sympathy when she lost her brother. Yeah, she also didn't understand what that grief was like. And now she's going through that. I'm now I'm sure she feels very differently. Just because people feel like people didn't give Lisa Vanderpump enough empathy or compassion at that time doesn't mean that people don't deserve that level of empathy or compassion, whether it was right or wrong. I think a lot of people are leaning on the fact that it was a little wrong to go hard at Lisa when she was going through that tough experience. But like Lisa also chose to come and still film the show and not only film Beverly Hills, but she also went on to film a whole season of Vanderpump rules. So Lisa was very much still pushing herself to keep working through that, right? That's not to say that she didn't deserve compassion or empathy not at all. But that, that also doesn't give her a pass to not be held accountable for her behavior if the women felt like she was leaking this information to the press, right? Or using her team or her staff in some way to help get this information out into the press. So, again, just because Lisa deserved more compassion at that time doesn't mean Kyle deserves any less compassion or empathy right now. I think if we're going to have a moral compass and we're going to say people deserve compassion and empathy, then we should be willing to hand that out to anybody and everybody at any point. Right. So we'll see. Um, You know, I think Kyle's going through a lot. I don't think she wanted to have an issue with Dorit, but it's also, um, I don't think she wants to have an issue with Dorit. I don't think she wants this to come up at the reunion, but it's like, listen, this is the game. But I just, I don't know how Kyle comes back to the show after all this, like where, like why would she? Why should she? The past, what, two seasons have just not been fun for Kyle. She's had her issues with Kathy. She's had her issues with her marriage. Like, there's no fun in doing this show for Kyle anymore. There's nothing enjoyable. She doesn't have like deep friendships with them. I don't even think she had a lot of fun this season. Um, she doesn't relate to the other women because they like to get messy and drink and do all this stuff Garcelle's constantly questioning her sobriety it's one thing to be like okay she's boring because she doesn't drink but like Garcelle's constantly like poking at her sobriety like why is Kyle throwing a whole party if she doesn't drink that's contradictory she's throwing a whole party because she always hosts the white party number one and number two like she's throwing it for you Garcelle because you're not hosting a party at SoFi Stadium so you know give Kyle a little credit (laughs) Uh, all right um should we do some recaps i want to talk about the wendy williams documentary i want to talk about the traitors and i want to talk about love is blind love is blind um i did watch part one of the wendy williams documentary oh well, actually question poll question for the comments for whatever um who would you rather see return next season kyle or DeRee? People are saying Dorit might be fired. People are saying Kyle might be fired. But it looks like Kyle, oh, so sorry. Before we get into the Wendy Williams stuff, I did see a DM from Kyle um, that basically confirms, um, yeah. She says that she cannot forget. She calls Dorit Dorit a snake in this. uh, I won't reveal my source, but oof. It's just wild. Um, I don't think Kyle is, is. I, I, I don't see how Kyle comes back from this at all. Um, but I do have a good source that basically confirms that Kyle has no interest in moving forward with Dorit, has no interest in forgiving Dorit for blasting that text message. And so who would you rather see come back, Kyle or Dorit, if we could choose who our ideal, you know, come back, for next season. I mean, I feel like without Kyle Kyle is the queen of Beverly Hills. I know people are like, Oh my God, Lisa Vanderpump is the queen of Beverly. Lisa quit the show when the heat got too tough. She hasn't been on the show in years. She was the queen of Beverly Hills, I think at the beginning, but I mean, eventually when you leave and you quit and you don't even show up at the reunion, I feel like that kind of tarnishes your crown a little bit and the crown belongs to Kyle now. Kyle is the longest running OG. The show has been anchored around Kyle's life with her sisters, with her now, with her marriage. Um, You know, Kyle's always kind of been the anchor within the group, at least in most recent seasons. She's the one that the group centers around. So I think Kyle is the queen of Beverly Hills. And I think if she leaves the show, it's going to need a real serious shakeup. And who stays, right? I know some people on Twitter, I don't remember which accounts. I wish I did because I would love to shout them out. But I remember some accounts were like, if she leaves, the show's going to bomb and it's going to flop. And that's what the fans deserve because they're so mean to Kyle and they don't give her the respect that she deserves. And I agree with them. Like, you know what? I don't want to see Beverly Hills fail, but you're mean to Kyle. Let's see how well the show does without Kyle because I guarantee you it's not going to thrive. This season didn't really thrive without Rinna. Um, I think Sutton and Erica carried the season I mean, Erica, in the moments when she really shined or when she really, you know, stepped up. Sutton, I think, was just kind of chaotically messy throughout it all, which kept us entertained. Um, but it wasn't a great season, and we can't say that it was. There were At the beginning, I was like, okay, this is good. I'm actually really enjoying this. And then as the season went on, I'm like, okay, I'm not really enjoying this. <sighs> and Crystal just is forever putting me to sleep. Um, but yeah, Kyle's done with Doree, so I don't see how they come back. But I feel like most people would vote to keep Kyle rather than Dorit. Let's see what the live chat's saying. You are my fire. Yep. Um, Michelle says, am I the only one who didn't mind Renna? I didn't mind Rena. Rena was making the show in Tedesante. Um, Simone says, Kyle, Kyle. I'd want Kyle, but I think we'll get Dorit. Dorit brings nothing to the show. Dorit Dorit brought us homeless, not toothless. How dare you? We will never forget homeless, not toothless, okay? Kathy Hilton's worked with the homeless. She's worked with the toothless. Dorit gave us chic wind chimes with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, Dorit has served. Dorit's brought fashion. Dorit, Dorit brings it, okay? I don't think Dorit brings it more than Kyle, especially lately. Um, Threat needs to stop going after Garcelle. Garcelle's not a fair fighter. Garcelle's always going to lean into the victim. Every time, think about any time Garcelle has ever been in some sort of conflict. She's always then leaned into being a victim, which is not a fair way to fight in housewives world. A lot of people do that though. Like in the real world, a lot of people like, I was just telling you Nancy on Twitter, you know, Nancy wants to insert herself into something that really didn't involve her. Um, and then, like start fighting. And then the second she was, the second I started clapping back at Nancy, then she was like, Oh my God. Like she suddenly became this perpetual victim. And I was just like, Nancy, did, did you forget this quote in page six where you said you're not a victim and now suddenly you're a victim? Like I can't keep up, like make it make sense. Like stay in one lane, girl. Um, so yeah, don't be a Nancy. My mother's name is Nancy and she's not that terrible, but like, don't be a Nancy on Twitter. There you go. Um, (sighs) who is Nancy exactly (laughs) doesn't really matter. And we're not going to get into it. I'm sure she'll have something to say on Twitter about it, but we don't need to get into that. I don't want to get into that. We're moving on. Everyone seems to be in agreement that Kyle is the one that they would like to bring back rather than Dorit. I agree. I do love me some Doritos though. Um, some flaming hot Doritos. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Wendy Williams. Um. Okay, so new documentary called Where's Wendy Williams came out on Lifetime. So annoying because I find being able to watch it. So annoying, right? Um, because I have YouTube TV and I love YouTube TV, but it's like... a month and then, or like $70 a month. They're always changing the price. And then I I wanted to watch Lifetime, the Wendy Williams documentary, and it was on Hulu Live, and that one's like $80 or $90 a month. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And so anyway, I was finally able to get it on Sling TV for $20 a month, for $20 for the first month. and I'm like, oh, my God, the number of streaming devices and streaming services and all this shit, I'm over it. Anyway, saw part one. And it opens up with, like, Wendy catching us up on, like, what's been going on. And she's starting a podcast. And I want to start a podcast. And she has the Ramona eyes, which I believe are from her Graves' disease. Um, I remember the TMZ interview when she talked about wanting to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. Let's start a podcast. Um, it's sad. The documentary is just – it's really sad because you can just tell, like, she's not doing well anymore. You know? It's not – Luciana says, it's me. The Twitter supported against Miss Nancy. Just love the way you present issues and never back down. Thank you. Oh, okay. Because now, yes, I saw that people were starting to come at Nancy on Twitter too. Because Na- I'm like, Nancy, what do you want from me? Like, go away. Let the mouse go. Let the mouse go, Nancy. You're such a big Housewives fan. You should know that reference. Um, but yeah, the, the Wendy Williams documentary is just, it's sad. Because you can tell, like, there's a lot going on. You can tell, like, her health is not there. You can tell she's in denial about a lot of it. Because they even talk about, like, her going to a wellness center. And they're like, why did you go to a wellness center? She's like, I don't know why I went to a wellness center. And she's like, I can get well here. (laughs) I was like, you know what, girl? You tell them. Um, What the fuck is a wellness center anyway? Is that where Raquel went after she banged Tom Sandoval? Uh, What is a wellness? To me, a wellness center sounds like a spa. I don't know what a wellness center is to do. Like, was it a rehab? Is it a treatment facility? What type of treatment? What type of therapy was she doing? I have questions. When people just say a wellness center, I'm just like, oh, okay. It doesn't really explain much. But they said that she just needed to get her head on right. And uh, her guardian. it's it, the interesting part about the documentary too, is that we touch on her health issues, but we don't go deep into her health issues. She seems very much in denial that she has any issues at all. Aside from her, was it, Nimru, the the thing with her feet, where she only can have six feet percent of the feeling in her feet. Um, That's the only health issue that she seems to kind of really acknowledge is that walking is a challenge because of the issue in her feet. And she's like, there's no cure and there's no pill that I can take. And so there's like physical therapy and they're trying to get her to do physical therapy. And she's like, I can't do it. I can't walk. And you see her get very agitated, which makes me think, you know, Alzheimer's, dementia, like maybe some of her memories. But her memory seems to be, for the most part, barely intact. I know they said she has aphasia, which is what Bruce Willis was diagnosed with. Um wait till you get to part 3 of Wendy, it's so sad. I mean, trust me, it looks I've seen clips. I've only gotten through part 1 so far. Um I find it interesting that her guardian is not in the documentary and they don't even allow his his or her name to be spoken up in the documentary um like at all. Like they bleep the name out they won't talk about who the guardian is which i mean i'm sure he doesn't want to get caught like brittany's dad but in this case i will say legal guardianship is something that she probably needs to be under i don't think she's in the right state of mind to make her own decisions listen i also had very you know controversial opinions about the brittany conservatorship conservator like that was a very complicated situation i just think brittany needs a little more Guidance in her life, or she needs somebody that can help her transition. Because when you're under a conservatorship for so long and you don't know how to make any decisions for yourself and you're medicated and all of this stuff, I don't think it's easy for you to just immediately go back into the real world and assume that you're going to be okay, you know? Um, But we don't see anything about the Guardian at all. I do like, and it's referenced in the documentary, that in New York they have to regularly reevaluate. The guardianship to make sure she's doing okay and she still needs to be under legal guardianship. So I like that that's at least, you know, something that needs to happen in New York or it's a law in New York that is constantly something that needs to be reevaluated. That way we don't have another Britney situation. We see lots of her friends. We see lots of her colleagues in the first part. They're discussing her career and her past and, you know, the legacy that she was building. And then we start to see it all kind of crumble. We get into her addiction issues with alcohol and drugs. And a lot of it seems to really stem from her relationship with, um, shit, why is his name blinking and I didn't write it down in my notes, but her marriage. Remember with the guy that went and cheated on her and had a baby with another woman. And she says she remembers when she was in the uh, the sober house when she was in the sober living house and she remembers him calling her and she's like, what did that bitch have a baby? And he's like, yeah. And she was like, we're done divorce. I ain't mad at her. Kevin. That's right. Of course. His name is Kevin. Looks like a Kevin. Only Kevin would bang another chick and get her pregnant and leave you out to dry. (sighs) Sorry if there's anybody named Kevin in the live chat. I'm sure you're a very nice guy. Um, but we see when we see her deteriorate on the Wendy Williams show and we talk about how she loses the Wendy Williams show i don't remember it being this bad though i remember like occasionally you'd catch a clip when it would like run in the media circuit but like for the most, but I never really watched the Wendy Williams show. Occasionally it would pop in if like there was a good topic or there was a good guest or something. I wasn't a regular avid watcher of Wendy Williams. That's not to say that her legacy doesn't speak for itself. But I didn't remember it being this bad when they're showing all of these different clips of her on the show and like seeing her not being able to really carry a conversation or finish a fully baked thought, you know, it's sad. It really is. Just to see how quickly it all came crumbling down and how the show was taken away from her. She very much led pop culture. You know? I mean, you have like the view and you have the talk and you have all these other talk shows, but like Wendy Williams with hot topics and the way that she would interview people, like she very much carried and and drove what was popular, you know, and with celebrities and whatnot. I mean, people didn't always love her approach. But I mean, similar to like Perez Hilton, you know, when Perez Hilton was at the peak in his day, people loved Perez Hilton then. And now they're like, oh, we look back and it wasn't as good. But yeah. Um, Wendy actually has two guardians, one for financial, one for medical each happened at a different time. Yes, that is correct. Luciana, thank you for clarifying that. That is correct. Um, But it looks like once her addiction really peaked and her husband had his affair and then came the baby, you know, first comes affair, then comes baby. Uh, Then it really looks like her whole world began to crumble. And it's crazy, like, how in denial she was that everything was. I mean, it's crazy how in denial she even is now, um, despite everything that's happened. Like, she's not fully aware. like She's like, I'm having to come back. I'm coming back on television. Like, what do you mean? I'm great. I don't need to be in a wellness center. I'm doing fine. My health is amazing. And they're like, how are you doing today? I'm doing amazing. Or then she's, there are a lot of scenes of her crying and they're like, Wendy, why are you crying? And she's like, these are happy tears. So you can just see, like, she just has that default mode of like, I'm okay. I'm good. Everything's fine. Everything's perfect. You know, constant denial, which is Again, it's a really heartbreaking documentary. Her family seems to want the best for her. Her family does not seem to be, at least in this first part of the documentary, does not seem to be the uh, ones leading her guardianship. And it seems like they want to be the ones to lead her guardianship because they care about her well-being. Again, how much? We don't know. You would assume that Brittany is parents and her family wouldn't have done what they did to her. But (sighs) I don't know. I just, I don't, you want to believe that people have the best of intentions, right? And then, you know, and usually they do until they go off suing their daughter for a fucking lottery ticket. Um, all right. Well, I recommend watching Wendy. There are two more parts that are out right now on Lifetime. You can watch on Sling TV or on YouTube live, or sorry, not YouTube, Hulu live TV, uh, which I think is way too expensive, but whatever. Um, it's out now. Let's talk about the tra- – I'll catch you up on the traders, and then let's also talk about um, the traders and Love is Blind. Oh, Love is Blind is so good this season, you guys. It's so fucking good. And the new episodes are out, and I'm here for it, okay? Um, but before we dive into that, are you ready to cut out the mess of DIY meal prep, or do you want to start eating healthier without having the guesswork? Well, Factor's delicious ready-to-eat meals make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. You have over 35 different options a week to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, vegan and veggie, and more. And there's even more to enjoy with over 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and have a feel-good week of meals ready to go. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. Plus, you can put it on pause like it's Dorinda or reschedule your deliveries at any time. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash nofilter50 and use code nofilter50 to get 50% off. That's code nofilter50 at factormeals.com slash nofilter50 for that 50% off. You're not going to want to miss out, guys. I'm telling you. Get it, get it, get it, get a it, girl, get it, get a it, girl to the front, to the right, to the back girl. It's your night. I know he thinks you're fun and stuff, but does he know how to wind you up? Listen, the year is off to a good start, but it's not too late to start your New Year's resolutions. And now I'm not talking about getting tangled in an elliptical or eating the world's most depressing salads. But here's one that will stick: smelling better naked. Now that's our sponsor today, Lumi. You can smell good with or without clothes all year long. Mmm, I smelled delicious today because I got my Lumi on. Lumi is a game-changing whole-body deodorant designed by OBG by an OBGYN to work not only on your pits, but also on your feet and your privates and everywhere else you get odor, okay? No matter where you use it, Lumi, Lumi is clinically proven to block odor all day long, all thanks to its one-of-a-kind pH-optimized formula, And they've got over 275,000 reviews to show for it, okay? I've got my Lumi whole body deodorant on right now, and I smell like a snack. Not only do I look like a snack, but I smell like one too. You're going to want to eat me up. Make the switch to Lumi, and this year will be all about head-to-toe confidence. No salads required. Special offer. New customers get $5 off Lumi's starter pack with our exclusive code and link. Use code NOFILTER at LUMIDEODERANT.com. That's LUMI, L U M E, L U M E, LUMI, LUMIDEODERANT.com. Lume, Use code NOFILTER. All right, let's get back to the tea. Okay, let's start with Love is Blind, okay? Because, so Love is Blind for people, let's from the top make it drop, get some wet and gushy, okay? So, it's where you have all these straight guys and all these straight women and they all come into this social dating experiment where they're placed into these pods and they have to get they have to date and get to know each other without ever seeing each other. So it's about building a personal connection, an emotional connection, getting to know them based off of their personality and not based off of their looks. If you connect with somebody, you can propose to them and then you get to, once you propose and agree to get married, then you see each other for the first time. From there you get to go on vacation and see how it's like you know staying in the same space with them in neutral territory and then you get to come back and you have to live with each other until it's time for the wedding and you get to meet each other's families and see like is there compatibility right so we have one two three four five couples yeah We have five couples that are still in the mix that decided to get engaged, and we've been following them. We have the first six episodes that dropped last week. Now we have three, or actually, first six episodes that dropped two weeks ago, and then last week, we got the next batch of three episodes, and then later this week, we'll get another, I believe, three episodes. Um, But so first up, we have Johnny and Amy. Boring, right? Johnny is like this cute white boy. I think we have photos of them. Um, Do we? No, we don't. Sorry. I thought we did, but we don't. Um, Oh, well. Uh, We have Johnny, and he's this cute white boy. Uh, He looks like a koala bear. And we have Amy, also very cute and wholesome. And so they're probably going to be the couple that goes the distance because there's not really any drama with them, except that we find out this week that she's not on birth control. And he's very upset that she's not on birth control. And she's like, my body, my choice. And he's like, "Um, that's not how things work. Not in my world. Girls are on birth control. And she's just like, I'm sorry, I use other contraceptives. And he's like, like his head was literally, his koala head was about to explode because he didn't understand how there was a woman that was on this planet and she doesn't do birth control. She doesn't take birth control. And she's just like, um, I just don't want to like mess with my hormones in my body. Like I'm not comfortable going on birth control. Like, I know that there are long-term effects about it. And like, I just, it's my personal choice. It's my personal preference. And I don't want to go on birth control. And Koala Johnny just did not get it, right? And I'm just like, oh, okay. Johnny and Amy's lack of understanding of the human reproductive system is concerning. Yeah, uh, listen, but I feel like that's most people's lack of understanding of the human reproductive system. So I don't, they're just showcasing Americans. Right? But then we get to Clay and A.D. And if you'll remember, last week or in the last batch of episodes, Clay and A.D., well, first of all, Clay was in the pods, and he was telling Ad, he's like, "Girl, tell me how you how we, how you look. Describe your physical appearance." And she's like, "I could tell him that I'm five five with thick thighs and brown eyes, but I'm not gonna do that." She's like, "He's gonna get to know me based on my personality," and he's like, "Well, then I'm not gonna get engaged." And she's like, "Bet." And then he ended up getting engaged to her, and then he met her, and he's like, "Ooh, she's five five with thick thighs and brown eyes," and he likes it. But he was telling her in when they went on vacation, he's just like, "But listen, you're gonna be up in the gym working on your fitness. I'll be your witness," and. She She's just like, "Nah, if I want to let my body go, then I'm a real woman and I have curves." And he's like, "No you don't, not when you're my woman." And she's like, "Excuse me." And I'm like, "What? Where where are these men from? Like in what era did we raise these men?" And he's just like, "I'm going to tell you when you need to go to the gym." And she's like, "What if I have a baby?" And he's like, "Good, you're still going to work out." And she's thinking, like, "You're going to talk to me like that?" And he's like, "Yeah, that's the best way you're going to listen to me is if I talk to you like that." And she's just like, "Okay, let's get married." Right? And so now that, you know, he's committed to always keeping her in shape, now he's afraid that he's going to cheat on her. And I'm just like, girl, he's already telling you that he's going to cheat on you. If he's afraid that he's going to cheat on you, he's already putting it out there. So that when he does cheat on you, he could be like, see, I told, I warned you. Remember when I kept telling you that I was worried that I was going to cheat on you? Here it is. I told you it was going to happen. I gave you a heads up that I was going to cheat on you. And she's like, these guys are garbage, like truly just my type. You know, Clay has the most audacity, Mallory, the most audacity. <laughs> I'm just like, ugh. but listen, when he does cheat on her, you know, at least he gave her a heads up, right? The gaslighting of, this, of these guys is insane. Then we get to Brittany and Kenneth. Oh, man. <laughs> and it seems like Brittany and Kenneth don't go the distance. Right. Brittany was like very compassionate because, you know, Kenneth is black and Britney's not black. And she's like very much like I want to raise black babies and I want to, you know, make sure that we, you know, she was like trying to be the most woke ever. And I'm like, listen, Brittany, we get it. Right. And Kenneth was just trying to be like the most disengaged partner ever. He could not be bothered by her because he's a principal. OK. And because he's a principal, he's always on the phone, probably on fucking Grinder. But so he could not be bothered by her. Um, it feels like at this point he was just waiting and looking for reasons to dump her. Like he was just waiting for that one opportunity, right? Because the way that was like, she's like, you don't, you're not like, wasn't he the one where she's like, you weren't physically intimate with me? And he's like, well, I was physically intimate with you. You were just asleep at the time, but I gave you a kiss before I left. And she's like, what? Like, no, I mean, like you need to give me affection. Like you need to give me more affection than you give your phone. And he's just like, but I'm a principal. He's a 25 year old principal. You know what, Kenneth? Good for you. (sighs) They just have the most, like, weird and awkward situation. Like, she's like, okay, we're moving in. You know, do you want the left side of the drawers or the right side of the drawers? And he's just, like, cannot be bothered. He's, like, on grinder. Like, I don't know what he's doing on his phone all this time. I'm just like, homie, like, this is your fiancé. Fiancé? Fiancé? More like Luther Vandross. So I'm just, like... Kenneth is – I actually thought Kenneth was a good guy. When we saw him in the pods, he seemed very in touch with his emotions. Like, I was like, Kenneth looks like a good one. I think whoever he ends up matching with, he will go the distance with. Nope. Because, like, by the end of this, he, like, ends up dumping her. And then he's like, oh, I just want to give you a hug to make sure we're all good. And she's, like, bawling. She's like, what just happened? Did you just break off our engagement? And it's kind of unclear – it seems like they break they broke he broke off the engagement because he's like, this just isn't gonna work. You have feelings, you have emotions, you want a connection with me. Ain't gonna work. Sorry. Bye. And she's just like, what? And she's like "Bawling." He's like, it's okay. Here, give me a hug. And and it's okay. And I, I was like, no, sir. No, sir, no, sir. Mr. Show, sir, that's not gonna happen. He was just, mm-mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. Mm-mm. Kenneth was, I was the most disappointed. The other boys we knew were trash going into this, right? Jeremy, or not Jeremy, uh, Johnny, we knew was going to be a little boring, but like, you know, Kenneth, I thought was going to be a good one. And I'm very disappointed, but he's also not that cute. So, Kenneth, don't think you're all that because you're a principal. Okay, actually, none of them are that cute. The only one that I think is actually, that I find attractive is Jeremy. Jeremy. And kind of Jimmy, but only because they're just like got so many red flags. And I'm like, oh, that's so hot. But then we get to Jimmy, Jimmy and Chelsea, a.k.a. MGK and Megan Fox. And Chelsea, because that's what hooked Jimmy, is Chelsea, because in the pods they can't see each other. And they were talking about celebrity doppelgangers and You know, she's just like, oh, well, you know, people always tell me I look like one celebrity, and he's like, really, who? And she's like, oh, you know, I don't know, what is it? Is it MGK? Is it his girlfriend or his wife? And he's like, Megan Fox. You look like Megan Fox. And she's just like, well, I don't know. That's just what people tell me. And he's like, you look like Megan Fox. And she's like, I don't think so. Like, I don't see it. But people like tell me that all the time. They always tell me I look like Megan Fox. And he's just like, so you look like Megan Fox. She's like, I don't know. I don't see it. And I'm like, nah, bitch. You already said you look like Megan Fox. Like, of course he's gonna. pick you because you said you look like megan fox and then finally they see her they see each other right they come out of the pods and he sees megan fox and then she just comes like charging at him like she's a linebacker right and she's like running towards him in her heels and i'm like oh no and he's just like he looks like mj in the traders when she's like oh, you know like that's just his face and mj's like oh when they're telling mj to get out of the room and she's just like looking she's like oh, okay and she's like slowly backing away like that was jimmy coming out of the pods Right, and you just you see Chelsea running at you. She's like, you know, ready to tackle you, and then she's like, "Oh my god, I don't want to let you go." And he's like, "Oh my god, who is this person?" He's like, "Oh, you have nice teeth," you know. And it's just like, "Oh," and then you see his face. They show his face, and it's just it's so bad. And then she's like, "Do you like me?" And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You know, I was." She's like, "Am I what you expected?" And he's like, in his head, he's like, "No, I was expecting Megan Fox," and this is like, you know. Megan Fox from Sheen, you know? You know when they have those, like, what you ordered and what arrived, you know? Or, like, that that meme where you're just like, Mom, I want Megan Fox. And then your mom's like, We have Megan Fox at home. And then you see Megan Fox at home. Megan Foe. Um, sorry, these are all, like, different tweets that I was seeing. And tweets and memes. Megan Foe and Megan Fox from Sheen and all that good stuff. It was just, whew. And so... <laughs> Oh, man, he's just like, and then you see him in his confession. He's just like, you know, Chelsea definitely lied to me about how she looks. And I was like, he did not just say that. She lied to me about, she told me she looks like Megan Fox. But you know what? She's still attractive. I can work with that. And I was like, no, he didn't say I can work with that. No. Okay, Mallory makes a good point because people think I'm being an asshole. They're like, but she's a beautiful girl. Beautiful girls all over the world. Nobody said she's not a beautiful girl, okay? Nobody said that Megan Sheen is not beautiful, okay? Chelsea Chelsea Bang Bang is a good-looking, attractive woman. She just is not on the level of Meg- – Megan Fox is like a purchased, unattainable level of beauty, right? It's like not the same thing. Like I – you know – Somebody the other day was like, Oh, you have great, you're starting to get great hair. You're getting that salt and pepper vibe like George Clooney. You don't see me going around being like, Yeah, everybody on my hinge profile being like, I look like George Clooney. No, I don't look like George Clooney. And if a man ever went on national television and was like, I can work with that, it's not what I was expecting, but I can work with that, I would be fucking dead. I'd be like, Actually, I'd be like, Put a ring on it. That's just my type. Thank you, sir. So anyway, we find out that Chelsea Chelsea Bang Bang is very needy, right? Because she flips out when Jimmy tells her that she's being a little needy. And she's just like, I'm not needy. How dare you call me needy? And she's like, I'm just sweaty. Because the editors are so shady, right? Because they're always showing these clips of her. And she's like, I'm so sweaty. I'm so sweaty. She's like, oh, my God, I'm sweating. And I'm just like, girl, that's not what you tell a man that you're trying to get married to is how sweaty you are. Right? You tell him, oh, I'm so wet. You make me so wet. Like, that's a cuter way of being like, I'm so sweaty. Like, it's just not it. Right? But she's so sweaty, like, all the time. And I get why she's insecure. Right? And I get why Jimmy doesn't validate her because Jimmy's not into her. Clearly, he's into Jess. Who is Jess? For those of you that are new, welcome to class. Jess is the other girl that he was considering. And let's be honest Jess is more of a Megan Fox type than Chelsea. Right? Chelsea's a beautiful woman. I want to be very clear. She's cute. She's hot. She's got a great personality. She's fun. She can charge you like a linebacker. Like, Chelsea's got it going on. Chelsea, Chelsea, bang, bang, let's go. She's going to find a man after this show, okay? But Jess is, like, Jess has the fake lips. Jess is, like, real slim. She's got the cute boob. She always wears these skimpy little outfits. She's just like, mm. And Jess... He's into Jess and Jess is a straight up homewrecker, right? Because Jess knows that he picked Chelsea, Chelsea, bang, bang. And Jess is just like, I'm coming to steal your man. Jess comes strutting back in because now they're showing us Jess and she's hanging with the other girls and be like, How are you? And how are you doing? And whatever. And they're catching up and having little geeky girls moments. And Jess comes back in and she's just like, Yeah, I saw Jimmy's Instagram and I know he saw mine too. And you know what? I'm coming for my man. And I'm like, he's not your man because he didn't choose you. But she's like ready to break up their engagement. And she even told Jimmy, she's like, when you see what you missed out on, meaning when you see who you picked, she's like, you're going to be choking. You're going to need an EpiPen. And I'm like, he is going to need an EpiPen because he looks like that kid in school that was allergic to peanuts, right? And his mom always kept telling us, don't have peanut butter sandwiches because Jimmy's allergic to peanuts. Here's his EpiPen. And we're like, we get it. Jimmy's fucking allergic to everything, and he needs an EpiPen. I think Jimmy's kind of attractive, though. But I think it's just his personality that makes him so attractive to me. Um... But Jimmy is not into it, and he does see Jess, and Jess is hot. I love your passion talking about this show. Listen, when I when we talk about Housewives too much, and we, then we get into Love is Blind, like, oof, this is a great season. This is the best season of Love is Blind since season one. I fell off in the middle, and I don't need to revisit because season six is where it's at, baby. Okay? So anyway... Um, we have Jess, and Jess is, like, ready to come and break up their relationship. Like, Jess does not care at all that Jimmy's new fiancé looks like Megan Fox. And Chelsea Chelsea Bang Bang's like, Jimmy, will you love me? And Jimmy's like, I do love you. I do love you. And she's like, then why won't you kiss me? And he's like, I won't kiss you because, like, I bit my lip and it hurts. I'm like, first of all, Jimmy, you don't have lips. Second of all, that's not an excuse to not kiss your your fiancé. Like, could you imagine if somebody's like, oh, I'm not going to kiss you because I bit my lip and it hurts? What? Like, literally, what? I just... And then she's, you know, and then they... Yeah, it was just... Jimmy is Bart Simpson. That's a great comparison, Kelly. Jimmy is Bart Simpson, and I'm here for it. Um, Nessa said, I have total understatement. Nessa, did you watch the show at all? Or are you just getting the recap here? Okay? Because now we're going to get into the next... Uh, We thought that Jimmy and Chelsea, Chelsea, Bang, Bang, were the highlight, right? But... Jimmy Neutron and Chelsea Chelsea Bang Bang were not even the highlight in this next batch of three episodes, okay? Whew. Because now we have Jeremy and Laura. Okay. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy is clearly a party boy. I called it last week when I was recapping the show. Then Jimmy or Jeremy is a party boy and a player. For sure, okay? And so Jeremy decides he's going to go out for a boys' night. And suddenly, Sarah Ann shows up. And Sarah Ann, we don't see Sarah Ann, um, do we? We don't see much of Sarah Ann, or at least the night that he went out. We don't see Sarah Ann. But we do find out that Sarah Ann came up to wreck shit up, right? Sarah Ann is his Jess, and he's very much into Sarah Ann. And even though Laura's a very pretty girl, again, nothing wrong with Laura, but like he's clearly into Sarah Ann. And so Laura, we see them the next morning and they're filming. And Laura's like, You didn't come home until 5 a.m. Valid, right? Chelsea, Chelsea, Bang Bang, and her insecurities and being super needy. Maybe not the most valid, okay? But like here, valid. And she's like, you didn't come home until 5 a.m. And he's just like, what? I was, you know, I, I was hanging out with the boys. She's like, you were hanging out with the boys until 5 a.m. And even I was like, what were you doing with the boys until 5 a.m.? Having a circle jerk and you guys were just edging until somebody blew their load? Like, what were you doing with the boys until 5 a.m.? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Mr. Block, sir. No, thank you. Okay? And so he's just like, well, y- I, you should trust me because I turned my location on. And you can see where I'm at. And she's just like, I'm not going to be checking up on you. I shouldn't have to be checking up on you. I shouldn't have to be checking your location to see where you're at. That's not my responsibility. I'm not your parole officer. Okay? This is not the PAW Patrol, and I shouldn't have to be checking up on you like that. Okay? And he's just like, well, you had the chance to track me, so you know I'm not lying. Right? Right? And she's like, well, actually, now that you've brought that up, I was tracking you. And that's how I know you were in Sarah Ann's neighborhood. Okay. And you were probably in Sarah Ann's pants. And it's like, oh, and we all just like have a gasp. We're like, oh, because she was like, I don't need to check up on you. And then he's like, oh, okay. She didn't check up on me. We're good. Right. And then he's like, well, you had the opportunity. And she's like, guess what, baby? I caught you. Okay. The PAW Patrol is on it today. And she's like, I saw that you were at Sarah Ann's house. And it was just like cliffhanger. And we're all just like on the edge of our seats and we are shooketh. It looks as though Sarah Ann was in Jimmy's house a few days ago when she shared a story. Oh. Maybe Sarah Ann and Jimmy or Jeremy go all the way. But so yeah, Jeremy. And first of all, he spelled his name wrong. Okay. Because his name Jeremy is not spelled G-E-R-A-M-E-Y. Whoever did that I know we were sounding out the syllables, but that's not how you spell it, okay? Um, but listen, I w- we were all Team Laurie in that moment. We were like, it was like our Super Bowl, and we were like, yes, I know, that's right, son. Which, by the way, I have DM'd with Jeremy, and I'm trying to get him on the podcast because he is, oh, just my type. Um, <laughs> tell me you have issues without telling me you have issues. But so, yeah. Oh, Love is Blind is everything. It's so good. But that's our cliffhanger. We get new episodes this week, and I'll be sure to continue to recap Love is Blind, okay? We'll see what happens with Chelsea, Chelsea, Bang, Bang. We'll see what happens with Jeremy and Sarah Ann and Jess, Miss, I'ma steal your man. All of it. I can't wait. It's going to be so good. Um, Real quickly, let's do a Traders catch-up because people are like, how come you're not talking about Traders on the podcast? And Traders is so good. And I'm like, Traders is good. I was like, okay, fine. Let me catch you up. Okay, welcome to school. Let's go. Ding. Bell has rung. Class has begun. Okay, so we have the Traders. For those of you that are unfamiliar with the Traders, it's basically this reality competition show. They had season one, and half of it was like normies, which was like normal people that came in to compete, and half of it was reality stars. And then Peacock was like, nah, fuck that. We're going to do all stars, reality stars, all of it, right? Oh, and the Trevor of. Do- oh, the Trevor. Okay, we'll get into Trevor in tomorrow's episode because I don't know how I feel yet about the Trevor stuff, but we'll get it for Love is Blind fans. We'll get into the Trevor stuff later this week, okay? Because the Trevor stuff is good. Um, wow, I'm surprised we've been able to keep a consistent 400 people watching this live stream. Um, if you're watching this, guys, don't forget to hit that like button, okay? I mean, apparently you guys are liking this episode. You've been invested. Wow, this is one of our our pop for a Monday morning. We've been popping today. And we've been, like, keeping the number consistent. Um, anyway, back to, we'll get into the Trevor stuff. I promise. But the Trevor stuff is not on the show. Trevor stuff is happening outside of the show. So this was just a show recap. But we'll get into the news. Um, traders recap. Okay. So, traders, like I said, half is Normie's, half is reality star. Season two comes back. It's all reality stars. We have Tamara Judge. We have MJ from Shazza Sunset. We have Sheree. And listen, Sheree doesn't even know where she's at. Okay. Sheree is like, n- doesn't know what's going on. Sheree's going to end up winning the fucking traders by accident. Okay. Which is. <sighs> At this point, I'm not even mad at her. Um, But so you have all these different, you also have like um, CT from The Challenge. You have Dan from Big Brother. You have um, Sandra from Survivor. We have Kevin from Bling Empire, which, my God, Kevin. And so, anyway, it starts off with Dan. So, everybody is considered a faithful, right? And so, the goal of the faithful are to spot out the traitors in the mix and get them and banish them throughout the game. So you have a banishment at the end of every episode where everybody sits down and they try to dissect and figure out who they think the traitor is. Everybody takes a collective vote and they vote somebody off the island. It's banishment because that's the person that they believe is a traitor, okay? Now, the faithful, if they make it to the end and there's money in the pot, which they're all in competition to win money, and there are all these different challenges where they can earn money or lose money, whatever. So at the end, there's one big pot of gold. And the faithful are trying to get the pot of gold. The fucked up part is the faithful have to split the pot of gold. However, if there are any traders left in the mix that didn't get caught at the end of the game in the final ceremony, if there are any traders left, then the traders then win the money because they basically bamboozled you into thinking that they were a faithful all the way up until the end. And so therefore they win the money. Okay, so it starts off, and we have Dan, and Dan's from Big Brother, and then we have Phaedra. Phaedra, let's, Phaedra is from Real Houses of Atlanta. I'm offended that they try to say Phaedra from Married to Medicine. First of all, no. Second of all, we like Phaedra, okay? Put some respect on her name. She's from the Real Houses of Atlanta. She's not from Married to Medicine, please, um, even though she's on it now. Anyway, I digress. So Dan and Phaedra are the traitors. And they have to recruit a third trader. They recruit Parvati, which don't ask about her name, okay? Because I'm just as confused as you are. It's not Poverty, which Tamara Judge was shading her on Twitter over the weekend and she was calling her Poverty, but her name is Parvati, P-A-R-V-A-T-I, Parvati, which, again, I don't know what it means. I don't like it. I don't get it, but that's her name. Don't be mad at her. Be mad at her mama, okay? So Parvati is the third recruited trader that they bring into the mix. I think she was also on Survivor and she doesn't get along with Sandra because her and Sandra were fighting on Survivor. And listen, Sandra, I don't I've never seen them on Survivor, but just looking at poverty versus Sandra, I'm like, Sandra could tackle the bitch and drown her. Okay. Like, let's be real. I don't know how they were arch enemies on Survivor, because if it came down to who was gonna survive, Sandra would eat her. Okay, Sandra looks ruthless and toothless and she looks like she can tackle a bear. And I would be team Sandra the entire time. I think Sandra's smart, Sandra's savvy, and Sandra would catch a fish in the ocean with her bare hands, right? (sighs) Poverty looks like you can just snap the bitch. Anyway. So they go on and then Dan and Parvati decide that they're going to try to turn on Phaedra as all the faithful are trying to figure out who the, the traders are and they keep fucking up through most of the game. And then Dan and Parvati are like, all right, our goal is we're going to be turning on Phaedra and we're going to see, we're going to try to turn the target on all the housewives. And we think the housewives are all working together in the, in the castle, which they don't even live in the castle. And Christian De La Torre from season one of the traitors was at my Valentine's Day live show and he confirmed that they don't live in the castle. They live an hour away in a hotel. Okay. Um. T. But so Dan and Poverty decide we're going to turn on Phaedra, and Poverty and Dan manipulates Poverty into getting everybody to turn on the housewives and thinking the housewives are all um, are all traitors. And Parvati puts that out there and she puts that on the table. And then Phaedra's like, what are you doing coming for the housewives? Don't do that, honey. Don't do the housewives thing. And then they get back into their little cave where they have to, like, figure out who they're going to murder. Because every week the traitors get to murder a new faithful to, like, you know, thin the herd. And so... And then Phaedra comes in and she's just like, Don't do that. Don't come after the housewife. She's like, Nobody likes you, poverty. Everybody thinks you're a fucking traitor. So don't come after me. And everyone was like, Ooh, she came hard and she taught poverty a lesson, right? Because Phaedra's like, Listen, I don't like to, you know, I wouldn't survive on Survivor, but I would snap you like Sandra, okay? And I would just need my words to do it. And poverty's like, and she's all shaking like a little chihuahua, okay? So then eventually Dan decides he's going to turn on Phaedra because everybody, his back's against the wall and everybody's, all the Faith Force suspecting that Dan is a traitor because he's been super quiet and a little wishy-washy throughout the game. And so they all decide that they're going to try to turn on Dan and get him out because they've discovered that he's a traitor. So at the next banishment, they're all going to banish Dan. And Dan's like, hold up, wait a minute. I actually think that we should banish banish Phaedra. And nobody was thinking about Phaedra. Everyone was like, Phaedra's cool, she's funny, whatever. And then they're like, why are we going to banish Phaedra? And he's just like, we're going to banish Phaedra because she's super extra. And then Phaedra comes at him and she's just like, I I do, he's like, you just, you do too much. And she's like, I do too much. She's like, I do too much because you do too little. And right now you're doing the most to try and save yourself. So don't come at me. And then Dan gets banished because he came after Phaedra. And how dare you, Right. And then Sheree, bless her heart, she's just kind of sitting there lost the entire time, wandering the walls of the castle. Sheree's probably sleeping in the castle. Sheree probably has no idea that they have a hotel that they put them up at every night. And Sheree's just wandering the castle walls, being like, woo, where's my beach? <sighs> have you seen Nene Leaks? Where is she by Sheree? Um, so yeah. Great, we get Dan out. Then it's Parv. Then everyone's all on Poverty, and Poverty's like, "But I'm innocent." And Poverty decides to work with Pilot Pete, and Pilot Pete, Peter, he was one of the bachelors, and he's hot. Okay, he's tall and he's hunky, and he's just like, "Oh, hunk hunk of burning love." And so then eventually, Peter wants to work with Poverty, and together they're going to try to get Phaedra out because Chriselle, Miss Little Nancy Drew, wants to come up here and come after Phaedra. I'm like, Chriselle, sit down. Okay, sit down with your little notebook and your 18 pages front and back. No, thank you. Nobody asked for you, okay? Coming after Phaedra, please. And so Trishel, Trishel, sorry, Trishel. Trishel comes in and she's just like, I think Phaedra's a traitor because Dan went after Phaedra when he knew he was about to get banished. And of course, he's going to go after the one other person that he knows is a traitor. And so that's why he decided to throw Phaedra under the bus, okay? So that... Then puts a target on Phaedra, and so Peter decides he's like rallying all the faithful, and he's like trying to get everybody because he's a macho man. He's a man. He's gonna save us all, right? Um, and so he decides he's gonna work with Poverty because he knows no Poverty's not gonna go to the end. So let's take out Phaedra. So then it ends up turning on him, and they end up eliminating Poverty because she's a traitor, and we all knew she was a traitor. And so she ends up looking bad, and Phaedra's like, "See." Pilot Pete, she's like, this isn't The Bachelor, and I don't have to kiss your ass for a rose. And then Pilot Pete's like, oh. So then we get rid of Dan, and we get rid of Poverty, and it's just Phaedra, and she's the last standing, um, the last standing trader. And then the game has a plot twist, because they're like, now you can bring in a new trader. And so who do we bring in? Breakout star from season one, Kate Chastain. She was below deck, and now she's ready to come and go above deck, because she's ready to become a trader. And so... Phaedra gets Kate to become a traitor with her and to turn on the faithful. And Kate is quite a terrible traitor, <laughs> but surprisingly a better traitor than Phaedra because then there's a challenge where um, Phaedra just makes herself look so bad because she targets Trishel, but it's obviously she's targeting Trishel because Trichelle's on her back and everyone's like, whoa, that was obvious. Like you went out of your way completely to target Trishel when you didn't need to target Trishel. So now you just look like a, a traitor. And so Phaedra, though, is trying to convince everybody else that Peter is the traitor, even though he was recruited at one point but turned down the traitor's offer. Peter is still in the game, and... and Phaedra and all the Bravo girlies are all on Peter because they're like, Peter's causing so much chaos and Peter's so messy. And like, even though Peter's really just causing so much chaos because he's trying to spot the traitors and he's like figuring things out, but now they're trying to turn it on Peter. And so the most recent episode ends with a cliffhanger because it's 50-50. Half of the people are voting to banish Phaedra. Half of the people have voted to banish Peter. And it comes down to one final vote. And the final vote comes down to MJ from The Sunset, which her fashion, oof, MJ realizes how obvious the traitor is. Oh, I hope MJ realizes. I don't know, August, we're about to see, but that's where we're at. Thursday, we get a new episode of the traitors. MJ is the cliffhanger and we'll see. Is Phaedra about to get exposed? And then the faithful will have done a good enough job to spot out all three of the original traders, but they don't know that there's one trader left in the mix, and it's Kate. And I don't think anybody's going to suspect Kate. Like, I think Kate might actually win this entire game. And if Kate wins on being a fucking trader, then I am all here for it. It's good. It's good. mm-mm, mm-mm. mm-mm. No one has ever said my, oh, don't even get into the I twit. Thank you, Michelle, for reminding me. So when they were trying to figure out if Phaedra was a traitor and then they're all coming up because Trishelle comes up here like Nancy Drew and she's just like, I got all my notes and I know that you're the traitor because of this, this, this and that. And then Kevin comes in Kevin is suddenly a fucking scholar and he's like, yeah, Phaedra, I noticed that your eye twitches. And she's just like, my eye twitches. She's like, nobody's ever told me that my eye twitches. And he's like, yeah, your eye twitches with his titties out because he's wearing this tight shirt. He's wearing this. <laughs> Kevin's sitting there with his tight top. I'm like, listen, no shade to him. Maybe he likes a good tight top to show off his titties. I'm not as big of a fan as a t- of a tight top. I prefer a tight bottom. That's my preference. Um, but yeah. Kevin thought he could come for Phaedra and her twitching eye. And she's like, let me show you how my eye really twitches. Bye. And she murdered him that night. He didn't come back because he called out her twitching eye. And she's like, my eye doesn't even twitch. She's like, nobody has ever told me that my eye twitches. But she's like, I'll twitch your ass right out of here. And she did. So that's the traitors for you. Oof. In Trishelle's defense, I think she can pick up on certain things because she has years of playing high-stakes poker. Yeah, Trishelle is smart. I'm not mad at Trishelle because she is one smart cookie. I'm just mad at her because she's about to show Phaedra out the door. But to be fair, Phaedra at this point deserves it after really fumbling the ball this week. From the beginning, it seems as though MJ has had a good read on people. MJ actually has had a good read on people. Another dumb move on Phaedra. Yeah, Phaedra, I just... She started... I'm actually thinking maybe Phaedra was never a good trader. Maybe Dan and Poverty were the good traders, and Phaedra was just along for the ride, and Phaedra just went undetected. Ooh, shout out to Danielle. Danielle just gifted five memberships for people. Woo, 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 woo. Thank you, Danielle, making it rain like she Oprah. Oh, okay. This was a very long episode of No Filter with Zach Peter, but shout out Danielle. Let's get it, Danielle. Get a girl. Get it, get it, girl. To the front. To the right. To the back, girl. It's your night. I know he thinks you're fun and stuff, but does he know how to wind you up? mm Sorry. I know what you guys love when I sing. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in to today's jam-packed episode of No Filter with Zach Peter. We'll see. Tomorrow, we'll get into the Trevor stuff from Love is Blind, so please remind me. Send me anything you've seen online so I can include it in coverage tomorrow, but um yeah, new episodes of No Filter with Zach Peter every weekday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, with bonus episodes on Friday. You can also become a member on YouTube. You get a bonus. You get your bonus episode on Thursday night, which we live stream. We usually have a cocky handy, and we spill some tea and just, like, get into it. Okay? I love it. All right. Um, give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me all over the Internet. You can follow the podcast at No Filter with Zach. Be sure to catch my new show, Disaster Daters. Four episodes are out now for you to binge. Um, ooh, we got another new member. Hey, welcome, Guess So. Um, but yes, uh, Disaster Daters is available to listen to on all podcast platforms. You can listen to it on your favorite podcast app, or you can watch Disaster Daters exclusively on Spotify. If you have the Spotify app, then you can listen to my new show or watch my new show, Disaster Daters, with my friend Jeff. We dive into all of our wildest, most ridiculous dating stories and some of yours as well and we have guests that come on and share theirs so you're going to want to tune in it's called disaster daters it's out now so go and give it a listen and leave us a five-star review please all the reviews really do help i was so grateful that no filter and disaster daters are both in the top 50 of their categories this past week which was wild thank you guys i love you guys i appreciate you guys so much and i want you to have a, a wonderful rest of your monday and i will talk to you tomorrow later skater bye